Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mike DeCourcy talking college hoops with Mully and Haw. The Sporting News. Big Ten Network. He's a Liverpool supporter, but we let him on the show anyway. Mike DeCourcy on 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Always a pleasure to talk to Mike DeCourcy. He joins us now, as all guests do, on the Score Hotline presented by Soda Weight Loss. Visit SotaWeightLoss.com. That's S-O-T-A. Michael, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Molly. How are you? Well, I got to tell you, I feel bad that we played that you're a liver supporter after watching that uh, Real Madrid game. <laughs> rough, rough. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a very strange season, I will say that. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen a team uh, dissolve in quite the same way as they have. Well, we got good news, though, in the Chicago sports landscape because Northwestern back, Illinois pretty good. Those teams playing tonight, pretty exciting. Um, I guess when we when we think about the Cats in particular, they had one of God's great weeks, right? They just got it all done at home, and now they go on the road. Um, 21st in the country, the, the Illini not ranked, but uh, – have had a pretty interesting season. A lot, you know, it's been really fascinating to kind of watch the program and and the ups and downs, and and certainly another Big Ten team expected to be in the tournament. Oh, without a doubt, uh, you'll see both of them in the tournament, and it's just a question of where they're located on the bracket by the time we get to Selection Sunday. But they'll both be in, and they'll they'll probably both be in sort of the heart of the bracket, but. Northwestern can continue to climb. It's a really difficult final few games for them, but they have. They, every time we've said that, they said, "Oh, really? Watch us. We're the difficult game." It's like uh, I'm the one who knocks uh, from Breaking Bad. That's kind of <laughs> that's kind of the way they've done this whole thing. Uh, it's been it's been really cool to watch because it, it's it's a situation where if you do the kind of hot list things and uh, hot seat list things, and I, I've never been one who believes in that, so I didn't. But uh, I, I I did do something that was like basically I don't know. I, I'm not saying that I, I don't I don't tell people who to fire unless they did something horrible. I don't fi- I don't tell you to fire people for winning losing. That's up to you. But I did write a column at the beginning of the year, say you know what it it'd be pretty good if Northwestern had a good year this year, and they like they're like good. No, we're going to do much better than that. So, Mike, 
how have they gotten to this point? Because Chris Collins did have, I think, his job on the line entering this season, and I don't know that anybody expected to see them win 20 games, be ranked in late February, and have it done basically riding the backcourt of Boo Booey and Chase Adij. But how much of this is coaching? How much of this is talent? How much of this is just the Big Ten cycle? Well, I think it. I, I think it has to go. To, has to start with coaching because the coaching requires believing in your players. And there would have been every reason for a coach to think that I, I have. I have gone with Boo Booey for three years, and I have seen the same things. Very talented player, quick, can make plays, can make shots, but when pressure is on, when when a game is being decided always ends up on the wrong side of the final score and in large part because of decision-making. And, and so it starts with that. And then also, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know who gets credit for the fact that Boo's uh, direction has completely turned from what I just described to always makes the right decision, always makes the right play, always makes the smart play at, at, to the point where he's out there deciding games in the final minutes and chase as well. And I'll give you a perfect example. Two Sundays ago, I think it was the Purdue game, uh, when Chase was having a really difficult day from the field. And watching the game, it was like, he's got to make a move. It just, this is not working. And he hung with, with Chase, and they go into, out of the, out of the uh, final t- uh, media timeout, and Chase makes the two biggest plays of the game because the coach hung with them. So it's talent and it's coaching. And it's also the, the, you have to get the administration credit for believing in him enough to continue to allow him to, to pursue this and ultimately get this success. Uh, you know, it's interesting because obviously watching Alabama last night, right? You see a kid who is an extraordinary player, is a great talent, who scores 41 points, which is a career high, and yet is under this, you know, horrible cloud of uh of a murder investigation and you know the lawyer revealed something what what is Al- what is alabama doing what is nate oates saying and and how do you get through something like this and and i don't know is the rest of the team shell-shocked is that why he's playing as well well as he did last night how do you keep this together what what is going on there well i you know it doesn't seem like alabama is phased by what occurred and I, I i mean they they didn't they didn't punish the young man at the time they didn't punish him when this when this was publicly revealed we don't know exactly what they knew about the text message in which the now uh, the, the 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 young man who was an alabama player at the time who was subsequently dismissed when he was charged with murder but the attorney for the for for uh, this young man, uh, this terrific player Brandon Miller said acknowledged. What was interesting is like people were reacting reacting like this statement from the attorney somehow mitigated what people had what had offended people about Brandon Miller's actions on that night, and all it did for me was affirm that yes, the text message was exchanged and that it was received. And so none of the other stuff, other than it cleared up the or it or it it presented the Brandon Miller side of the suggestion by some. And I did not write about this because I did not believe that I had I had 
enough affirmation of it, but it it was a statement that he did not block the exit of the vehicle that right. was fired upon. That's the only thing that that came out of that letter uh, or that statement from the attorney that was mitigating to the act to to, uh, to the beliefs about what had occurred. And they they acknowledged that this text message had been exchanged, and that was the core of the outrage that I expressed in my column and that was expressed by several others who wrote similar things. It, it doesn't it, it, the, the ob- I, I think that what I'm saying is if if it had been if there had been the blockage and all of that, right. I think we would have seen charges. So I never really believed that that was a, that that was an issue. But the text message still was exchanged. And I'm not saying that he should be charged. But I am saying that he should have been disciplined by his basketball program, by his athletic department, yes. and instead nothing has happened. And by his university. Could not agree more, Mike. That outrage is appropriate in this case. Happier story, perhaps, over in South Bend, Notre Dame coach Mike Bray. We had him on the program earlier this week. He still wants to coach. He made it clear. He's not retiring overall. He's leaving Notre Dame. Good for both, I think, parties. A change is is inevitable there. Any thoughts on where he might land and what might be in his future? You know, I I would suggest that the the possibility that he would go to a lower level. Now that may be a lower Division One level, uh, or it may be something similar to what uh, what Jim Calhoun did. What Jim when Jim retired from Connecticut, he retired because he wanted to continue to coach, but his health kept getting in the way, and it was very disruptive to the UConn program. I think he felt like it wasn't fair to the players and to UConn that uh, he missed parts of several seasons because his health kept becoming an issue. And maybe maybe coaching UConn was contributing to that. Who knows? But he walked away from UConn, and then he got better. I mean, he didn't get ill again for years. And so he said, I'm, I still have this bug a little bit. And he, he, told, he told me, I want to be in the gym at 3 o'clock. I love that. And so he took a Division three job close to home and coached that for a while, of course, because he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. They won like 26 games in his second year, but I think that was the COVID year. And so they didn't get to pursue a championship, but he did well. And then ultimately decided that, yeah, he had had enough. And and so he walked away, I believe it was in uh, somewhere around the middle of last season uh, and the program continued on. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Mike do something like that, where the pressure to recruit, is not the same uh, you're you're getting more local players and regional players and that sort of thing and you know mike is one of the best people in in college athletics so if there's if there's a group of young men or young people maybe even young women that he could interact with on a daily basis every single one of those young people from the best player on that team to the lowest manager on that team would be so much better for having spent a couple of years four years with mike bray I totally agree. And Mike, um, I'm just curious. We keep hearing that this that this season is more wide open than ever before. That you know there is no dominant, clear victor. It, it seems like the Big Twelve has tons of good teams. But w- what do you think as we head toward conference championships and eventually the tournament here? Do you believe it's as wide open as everyone's saying? Well, I, I had sort of over the years developed this list of commonalities that occur with championship teams and like it's a baseline requirement that mo- almost without exception, like you have 
a center who is who brings size to the to the floor. Uh, the last time we had a small center win the national championship, and one of the reasons I looked this up was uh, was uh, Kansas being so good this year, one of the best teams in the country. Their center is six seven, hmm. and the last time we had a six seven center. Uh, win the national championship, according to what I've been able to discover, although I always thought Jay Vincent was 6'8", uh, but it's 6'7", uh, in 1979 when, when Michigan State won. Wow. Uh, that's the last time. And, of course, it didn't hurt to have Magic Johnson on your team. <laughs> uh, there aren't any Magics out there. I can say that affirmatively. There are no Magic Johnsons in this Division One college basketball season. So uh, I think it's hard to do that. You have to have – like, we have not had a team that – has won it without a first-round pick since 1987 when Indiana did it. And they had Bob Knight and Steve Alford, an all-time great college player. So uh, you, 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 you should have a point guard who doesn't have to be a pro, although it never hurts to have that guy. Most of them have been. But you could have a Joel Berry or a Jimmy Black, uh, going back to the Jordan Worthy Perkins team. Um, you could have a guy like that who's just solid, rock-solid. Alabama doesn't really have that guy. They have two pretty good guys that they mix and match, but nobody's one like that. So it, it's it's really interesting that you look at this season and you look at the best teams, and you're starting at the top line, and I just picked through two or three of those right. as not having that. I mean, I don't think Purdue has a first-round pick. I think they have guys who will play in the league, but I don't think they have a first-round pick. So I, I don't. that's why I think that when people say it's wide open – you look at those teams, and even the best teams in the country don't measure up to the best teams from the past. And the season that I can think of that's most like this one was 2014, when Arizona was a legitimately great team. But midway through the season, a thir- two-thirds of the way through the season, one of their starters, Brandon Ashley, broke his foot. And Arizona went back to being just really good. And, and then there weren't any great teams. And so we wound up with a number seven seed UConn and number eight seed Kentucky playing in the national championship game. Huh. And those guys both had first round picks. Right. What about, what about Shaq Eddy? <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's, he's, he's going to win national player of the year. No doubt. Every, every trophy will go to him. Naismith, uh, Robertson, uh, the sporting news, they're, I, you know, they're, they're all going to him. I can say that. Without any hesitation. Who's going to stop him, though? Can he be stopped? The, the guards can be stopped, right? Yeah, yeah, I think he – yeah, exactly. I, I think the guards are terrific, but they haven't made shots. Fletcher Lawyer is in a real uh, shooting slump, not a playing slump. He's still playing well, but he's not shot the ball well. And when they when he doesn't, they're, they really struggle to find that three-point range. And so Mason Gillis has come in and made shots at times. Uh, he had one really fabulous game about two weeks ago. Brandon Newman has made shots at times. Braden Smith, the point guard, can make shots. But uh, you want your starting shooting guard to be uh, to be lethal from three-point range. And uh, Fletcher has been uh, very good to start and now really struggling. Mike, great catching up with you. Really appreciate it. Lots thanks, Mike. Oh, thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. That is Mike DeCorsi. He does a great job wherever he's working, be it Sporting News or the Big Ten Network. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get
customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.